Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. How's it still, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. G'day, boys. How are we all? Yeah, fantastic. We're, we're fresh off another win. We're recording only an hour after Saturday's win over the Gold Coast Titans. 36 points to six. Uh, dominant display, but, but we'll touch on that one later, boys. We will, and it's Women in League Round, so we just want to give a shout-out to all the wonderful women in our game, from the mums, the dads, the wives, the partners, the fans, all the assistants and officials. We love you all. Thank you for helping us make this the greatest game of all. What's on the show, chaps? Okay, we recap that win over the Titans up there at Seabus Super Stadium. We chat to South Sydney legend Julie Burgess. She's... She's, uh, she's mothered four of the, the great Rabbitohs in the last 20 years. And also, remembering a Rabbitoh this week is Rabbitohs player from the 90s. He played all those years in the 90s. Daryl Tricky Trindle. I've got many, many great memories of the Trick Stub. He's one of my favourite players in the 90s. And we preview that clash against the Penrith Panthers. It's going to be two versus three next week, 7.55, Friday evening, boys, August 20. That's going to be huge. Now, we might go straight on the recap of that win. It was a record-breaking win, boys. The records just keep tumbling. We heard Wayne Bennett's press conference. He wasn't too impressed with any of the records. They tossed <laughs> up records, and he said, oh, whatever, mate. It's a win. A win's a win. But uh, we're going to toss them out anyway, Wayne, whether you like it or not, mate. Uh, ten in a row, first time since 1989, boys, when you blokes were playing. Yes, and there's a little stat from that. So me and Brownie happened to be playing in that 10th win in a row in 1989. It was against the Knights at the football stadium, and it was a special day for you, the big DB. Uh, yeah, from memory, I scored my first try in uh, in the top grade in that game. I came off the bench, and I think it was pouring down rain from memory, and Tugger put me through a, a nice little hole, probably about 50 out, and I, I run, run 50 metres to score my first try. I actually... Put it down about 10 yards. I got caught 10 yards before the line, but it was that wet and slippery. I, I slided all the way to the try line. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good, uh, good one to remember. And I didn't know that. it was uh, That was the game that brought us, uh, you know, 10 in a row. You did. You slid in. And we have got that footage on our YouTube channel, which I will share on the episode web page. And we went on to win 12 in a row. And I think this team's 
Uh, and, that 12, and I was at that 12th game myself out there at Parramatta Stadium, boys. Then out, that's record number one. Record number two, the most points in 113 years of rugby league for this famous club. But that's a record um, worth, worth chirping about. But, but also, we scored more than 30 points in a game in eight games in a row. Apologies. Um, that has never been done by any rugby league club in the history of this great game. So... There's a couple of records that have tumbled. We had a record. Um, records tumbled last week. Obviously, Adam Reynolds, most points by South Sydney player. We had Benji Marshall, the oldest player to play for the Rabbitohs in first grade. So they just keep coming, boys. But the Renault, main just one, on that, Brett, Renault knocked up 100 goals as well, which I don't. I think he's only done maybe once or twice before as well. Yeah, he did. He, he kicked 100 goals in his second season, and that was it an unbelievable 90% for the season. So the reason we have scored those 30 points in those eight games in a row is because Cody walks on water. How good is this bloke, boys? I mean, today, 22 runs, three three try assists. He went past 50 line break assists. No one in the NRL era has done that since the stats have been kept. So he's on some sort of run. Our man, Cody. He's playing outstanding, but but, but it's all set up by the middles, Brownie, in that first... But the first... 10 or 12 minutes, our middle's completely dominated. We had a couple of, um, uh, I wouldn't say poor kicks at the end of the set. We gave up a couple of seven-tackle sets by Cody and Renault. But other than that, that was the only blemish on the first half. I thought our middles completely dominated the other mob, Brownie. Yeah, definitely, Chaps. And I think you were, used the word just before, dominated. And that's something that we did in that first half. It was a real semi-final type first half uh, performance. You know, we our power game... Like you said, chaps through the middle was outstanding. We played direct and we played fast. We're landing on our fronts. Uh, we're getting quick play the balls. And our attack is just clinical and it's just pretty to watch. And I read a quote on social media um, only not long ago uh, from uh, the one and only Miles Chapel, And he said it was uh, champagne football. And that's what it was. It's just pretty to watch. And, uh, yeah, once again, we just dominated and a clinical performance. Oh, he wants well. to get a, he wants to get a start, young Warney Chapel Miles. He's he's <laughs> at the bit. He thinks he can fill in, but I, you know, I said, mate, you you know Grand Chapel, but nobody is. So well, there's nothing young about him. He, he's going to be pushing fishy fifty very shortly, boys. But also, um, look, I mean, early in that game, there was a there was a great little play there. The Titans put a perfect little kick in. We looked to be trapped in goal. That man you spoke about earlier, Cody Walker, pushes out to the right hand side and does a nice little slide, reminiscent of Brownie's try. In 1989, slides yeah. out of the end goal. And the Titans, I was just looking at the Titans' faces. They've done everything possible except for the, the kick chase on the left-hand side, on their left-hand side, didn't push up properly, and he got out, and the Titans were just rattled from there on in for the rest of that first half. Yeah, that they, was, they, they played okay at, at stages, but but the little errors let them down at the back end of sets. That little period that you're talking about just there, chap. So there was a, probably a little five, ten-minute period where they they threw a lot at us, and, and our defence really stood up. I thought we were real aggressive in our defence. Our speed off our line, our, our numbers in tackles, our contact was all spot on. And um, you know, while you know we're, we're scoring plenty of tries, uh, we chatted during the week to Sato, and defence wins big games. And that's uh, something that the boys have been working on. And you can really tell in, in that first half, um, you know, the way they were defending. Yep. Yeah, we, and- we, we defended well, mate. Look, look, look at the impact David Fafita had on this game. He's He's been on fire the last month. He did nothing this game. Mm. We were up on him. Um, heavy contact from Jacob Host at times. Um, 
we just give him no no room to start winding up. And our middle sort of never let the Titans really um, bend us enough in the in that middle period to, to give the space for the for young David Fafita. Correct. And another bloke I want to give a rap to who defended well was Braden Burns. Now he was named to come in for Gags this week and copped a bit of criticism on social media, which I don't like. And I know I know where Rabbitohs. Radio, Rabbitohs Media, and we don't like to criticise the players, but we will if we think it's deserved. But just a bag of bloke for the sake of it. Wake up to yourselves. And he bounced back for all those people who said we're going to lose because he's coming in and all that sort of garbage. He scored two tries. Had a couple of moments there in the game, but overall I think he had a blinder. And congratulations, he just got engaged during the week to his lovely bride. So good luck with that. And, yeah, I think he went okay, boys. Uh, the majority of the players that have came in uh, to, you know, to fill in for these injured players uh, have all done the job. Josh Mantle is another one. Jackson Paulo, who I thought was, you know, quite solid again today. And the man you just mentioned, uh, Mavo, Braden Burns, I thought they, were, they all had really solid performances, uh, you know, not only today, but over the, the last few weeks. Looks like we're going to get these players back, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks. So, there's going to be a bit of a selection dilemma, um, but like we said the other day, it's it's all in uh, good, really good for the team uh, when we've got a healthy squad. Yeah, yeah. I was happy for Burnsy um, just to get a full game in there. I know he's been sort of coming in off the bench at times in the last month or so, but uh, look, he, he, he does a tough carry. He had to, he, they put some big shots on him during the game. The Titans, he got up half injured a few times. He had a couple of two-on-ones, which he... He'd like to have back. I reckon he, he might have sort of took the wrong option there. But um, overall, I thought he had a strong game. He's kicked chase, which is a feature of Dan Gagoy's game, and he's replacing Dan Gagoy at the left-centre position. That, that, he was outstanding in, in that department today, boys. No, the one the coaching staff wouldn't be too disappointed with Braden Burns, I can tell you that. And I know another bloke that they're not going to be disappointed with is Latrell Mitchell. And in the commentary on Fox... I think it was um, Ennis or, or um, Brave said that it's the best they've ever seen him play. And that includes when he was in good form with those Roosters premiership runs. So he hasn't looked any better. He had a, They said he had a bit of a quiet game. And all of a sudden he explodes a couple of times. He still scored a try, line breaks, just brushing guys away at will. So while we can keep the big fella fit and playing like he is, happy days are here again. I think he had I think he had ten tackle breaks himself. He's just a he's just a beast and a, and a weapon of a player. He's in career best form and uh, he's very determined to try and bring us uh, you know number twenty two uh, premiership to this mighty club and um, you know the way he's playing. Uh, there's a big chance we'll do that. And there's another player that I just want to give a wrap to, chaps, and I'll get your thoughts on it. Uh, Jai Arrow. I thought he was outstanding. He didn't get much game time in the second half. Uh, but that first half, I thought he was unstoppable. They they couldn't control Jai Arrow. He was offloading. He was landing on his front. He was getting quick play of the balls. Hundred and oh, I don't know how many metres he made in that first half. I, I got the stat there somewhere. Hmm. Um, 119 metres in the first half of memory, mate. He was, yeah. uh, he was yeah. pretty dominant whether he had the ball or he didn't, Brownie. Coming up against his um, former club, he, he was very impressive. He played out in that left edge to start with and then he jumps in the middle at stages of the game and Mate, mate, he he was my player of the game. I think for South Sydney, I think that's his best um, effort in a South Sydney jersey, and, and and he should be proud of himself. Mate, our middles, our middle rotation now, I think it's up there with the Melbourne Storms. Mm. One of the one of the great things about Melbourne is when you bring your front row rotation off, they bring the next couple of blokes in. Nelson comes in, and they just keep rolling over. What about our middle rotation with 
with yeah. Jai Arrow chiming in at stages. Junior Totola come off the bench today, boys. Had 200 metres off the bench. Yeah, I, know he had, yeah. I know he had a couple of little errors at late in the game, but that was right down their end. And you don't mind doing an error down that end, not coming out of your own end. But mm. um, Cam Murray, the go, Thomas Bird, just in that opening 20 or 30 minutes of the game, you're not giving opposition teams any chance no. that to, to get into the game when you play like that and you have your, your rotation coming off the bench. Well, like, we mentioned they're, they're really key, Brownie, to, to this to this um, title. If we can keep those guys that I've just mentioned fresh and healthy in that prelim semi when we get there, because we will get there, we'll go a long way to winning this competition, boys, and it's because of those five blokes in the middle of the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. And we mentioned it just at the uh, start of the, uh, the recap that uh, we dominated that middle third, and, and they're the players that you're talking about, chaps, and big men up front. Um, we're landing on our fronts, and, you know, that, that really set us up. Lays the platform so we can play our shapes on the edges. And, um, you know, there's no better team in the NRL that's doing that at the moment than uh, South Sydney. And I'm sure uh, they'll have the other two teams worried, Penrith and the Melbourne Storm. And Penrith, we've got next week. So before we move on, yes, Junior Satola, 21 runs off the bench. He's come back in some sort of awesome form. And the Qantas hostie who we mentioned when we were chatting during the call, another weapon off the bench. Brownie, I think you you liked his work today. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, well, from last week as well, uh, I thought our bench was really strong. From one to seventeen, you couldn't fault them. There, there wasn't a bad player out there from one to seventeen, and um, you know we've just got to continue on that run, boys, and just keep improving every week. There's only a couple of games to go now, and we're at the business end of the season, and we're coming good at the right end, at the right time. Just a couple of quick ones before we move on from this game, boys. I know we're just trying to wrap it up here, but I want to tip me cap to a couple of try savers today. One was Latrell Mitchell on David Fafita on the line. Yes. Right. Now, you can talk about what he did with the ball. He had three line breaks today and he scored a try and he set one up with a flick pass late in that game. But How good was that? They're, they're, <laughs> the stuff, they're the things that made Greg Inglis um, a future immortal, things like that. Not only what he did with the ball, but try saving tackles. And, and that was an absolute cracker, that one. But not only that, what about Jackson Paulo coming from the clouds mm. to get um, Peachy in that second half? That, that reminded me of, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but I remember James Roberts did it over in, against the Warriors. Come from nowhere. The bloke was yeah. just about to cheer and put his hand up to score a try. Yeah, um, Jimmy the Jet come from the clouds, and Jackson Paulo he possesses a bit of speed, boys. He yep. does. We really haven't seen him stretch out in the open field, but I can't wait to see him out in the clear one day and see him really hit the gas. But uh, outstanding there. And the other quick point I want to make is um, um, Bo Firma. I think his name is he, he one of the one of the kicks of the season, boys. He had a he had a oh, three yeah. off one in the first half, and he kicked it in a row nineteen. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they, they, they'd they won four from five, the Titans, and they were just – they were never in it. They, they were, were in a different class to them. And, yeah, and also thanks to the people that were at the ground for sending us some photos. Jeff from Pubs and Clubs sent through a photo of the two boys holding our fantastic Rabbitohs stubby holders, Rabbitohs radio stubby holders. And we've still got these two for 20 bucks. So please hit us up just in time for summer, out of lockdown – Get them India, and also to Dean Clark, who sent through a lot of stuff, and with our mate Ronan Byrne and his son in the wheelchair in the Titans jersey. So a couple of nice images, and send them send them through to us, and we'll share them on our socials. If you're watching this now, shoot some videos. We'll we'll put them on our TikTok, and they go viral. We just had a couple go sort of viral this week, so send your stuff through. 
So let's can we get him on. in? Uh, what, can we get him in the rabbitoshop.com.au? We might have a chat to Shannon about that. We'll see Thank what we can do and get him in there. And you jump on the South City website, and they'll go like hot cakes, no doubt about it. And you can see where you can follow us everywhere. You can watch Apple Podcasts, oh, yeah, Spotify, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our big one here, Rabbitohs TV. Please subscribe. We're trying to build out to a thousand subscribers so we can take on the world with our YouTube channel and spread the Rabbitohs love. Plenty. Plenty of great content on that YouTube channel as well. So uh, if you're watching this now, obviously you're watching it on YouTube, share it to all your friends. You get all the latest and exclusive Rabbitohs news, all mm. the press conferences, um, Sato's say. Yep. And you get us. You get us Fanatical Fan Friday. Fanatical Fan Friday. It's free. Um, what about how good, before we move on, how good was, Cindy you mentioned, how good was little JJ? Oh. We had a chat to him and he's rattling off all the scores and then he knew how many tries that AJ had scored and he knew he was coming back next week. So he's a star, little JJ. And we shared some of his footage of scoring tries. I kicked the ball to him. He just gets it and runs around everyone and scores. So he can play too. You reckon he would have watched that that win just then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would have. He would have been cheering. Good on you, JJ. Okay, so let's move on to the Rabbitohs news brought to you by the Genius Gripper Clubs, the Rabbitohs home away from home, the place to play, or the bunnies are away. The headline this week was that the Rabbitohs extended the contracts of five young players. And we'll just go through them. Canberra native Zane Bajorak and Leon Tihahu, hailing from Logan, have both signed full-time contracts for the next year, so they'll be in the squad. Additionally, the Rabbitohs have signed young Ben Lovett, Tyrone Munro and Jackson Rahm, who will progress, who will progress through to the Rabbitohs development program. So uh, young Tyrone Munro, we spoke about him before, he's related to the Fox, 16 years old, and they've recognised the talent in that kid. Benny Lovett, who we've spoken to, and he's agreed to come on for a chat, so you can expect to hear from him soon. And he said, I'm sitting at home, he's gone down, he lives, he's in the country somewhere, he told me where it was. Parks. Parks. Yes, he's sitting at home there, he said, plenty of time for a chat, so... <laughs> Can't wait to do that. And, and chaps, you got a little bit on Jackson. Spot the same as Jackson Paulo, the rock star, Jackson Rahm. Yeah, well, he's been um, in that Tiger system over there for a couple of years and, and a mate of ours, Andrew the Palm Roberts. He's young bloke um, come and get up against him and also played with him in the New South Wales Combined Catholic Boys. Um, yeah, you see he's a, he's a strong, aggressive young bloke and uh, him and his young bloke come, nearly come to blows in a, in a game there. So anyone that wants to take on young Ethan Roberts, they, they, they must be able to go. So we don't mind a bit of aggression in the forwards. And and by the sounds of it, he, he's in that development um, program. He might get a development contract next year. Who knows? We've we've seen the likes of Peter Mamazellas um, get a start this year, Blake Taff. So hmm. who knows? He might be a young front rower on the – and also Davey Mawali. He also got a chance this year. In first grade, so he might be one to look at next year. Front I know, row. I know, hundred kilos, boys. So there you go. There you I go. know, Sato gave him a rap the other day, uh, Joe O'Callaghan, and I just want to, um, you know, give Joe a rap as well because all these players that you just mentioned, chaps, um, you know, uh, young Peter and, and Blake Taff, when they've got the opportunity uh, to play first grade, they've been ready. So that's great work from Joe and the pathway system to, you know, obviously um, nurture them along and and get them ready and uh, not throw them in at the deep end uh, when they're not ready. But um, you know, to get the opportunity and, and perform the way they have, it's a big credit to you know obviously the pathway system. And um, Sato also mentioned the other day that he met young Leon Tehau, who would be unfamiliar to a lot of the South fans that live in Sydney. He's from up around that Logan City, which produces a lot of really good 
young Islander players. And he said he's a really nice young bloke and he, he looked like he had a fair build on him. So he, he, I think he's a fullback, wing, centre sort of player. So he'll be one to look out for when he moves down to Sydney and, and starts taking on a bit of full-time training down here. And I think Zane, he's been in the Black Rabbitohs as well. And I had a chat to him for a Rabbitohs TV segment we did and we'll share that on the episode webpage. I just went in the dressing room and started talking to a few of the boys and he had a bit of a laugh. He's played for Serbia and... I mentioned it on Sato Say last week. I've watched him a bit closely because I'm standing behind the post filming tries and he is a good ball runner, this kid. He's quick. He's quick and he knows his way to the try line. So South have done well in the recruiting because we've also signed Talis Duncan and a host of others to contracts to, to lock them down at the club. So the future looks bright, if you didn't know that already, at South Sydney Rabbitohs. It's just a shame that we can't get to watch him play. No, um, what's going on? So, well, yeah. let's talk about a let's talk about a summer competition between some of the clubs in Sydney once lockdown sort of settles down a little bit over Christmas, and they might play it at, at night time. Uh, I think Phil, idea. Phil Good's looking to organise it because he wants to try and develop some of his boys out of the Bulldogs team. Obviously, they'll yeah. be going down the development route, and I don't think any, I don't think South Sydney will knock that back. I wouldn't mind um, mm. a little summer comp just to get some game time. And these blokes have been cooling their heels for quite a long time. And, I'm sure they'll be chomping at the bit to, to get some game time over that Christmas period. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any club would uh, knock it back, chaps. I think mm. every club uh, would want their players to be playing, and um, especially the young kids that have had you know a lot of time off over the last two years. Yeah, maybe just played in quarters, plenty of water in the heat, because, yeah, they definitely need it, because two seasons now, best part of two seasons lost, it's really devastating, and we're just going to mention that a little bit later in the pathways. But before we move on, the Tigers docker was just on before the footy and I haven't watched much of it, but the, watching the frustrations of Madge is quite revealing and the, the poor bugger, he wears his heart on his sleeve, cameras in his face in the box, in the dressing rooms. The one thing I did notice, he doesn't mind an F-bomb. He's quite... Uh, <laughs> I think he could be in the Air Force. He could be in the Air Force. He's dropping that many bombs. The old Madge. <laughs> I've watched both episodes and... Um... The second one, by the end of the second episode, I was exhausted. It is such intense TV. It was well done by Fox, but I'm not sure if it's doing the Tigers Club any good. Um, I think there might be question marks of coaching and uh, some of them young. The, 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 the dressing room, nobody talks in that dressing room. Oh, I can't see a leader in that dressing room. I mean, they might have cut it out, but um, they don't, it's he's the only one doing any talking in them dressing rooms. So, yeah. uh, it's getting blasted. Hasn't done them any favours, put it that way. He's just so passionate, isn't he, about everything that he, he does. And um, coming from, you know, the Melbourne Storm system, uh, you could probably imagine that Craig Bellamy is the same. I don't know to what extent Craig Bellamy goes to uh, in the dressing room. And, you know, we'd love to see that as well. But uh, so passionate. And like you said, chaps, intense. It's just, you know, some players like that, some players don't. So um, we were very fortunate. Uh, throughout the 2014 season uh, that all our players brought into what he was doing. And, uh, you know, he brought us a premiership and we, we owe him, um, you know, everything. Yeah, I mean, if if they can do a bit of recruiting and get a couple of players to buy into what, he, what he's selling there, I mean, I'm sure they'll mm. turn the corner and get a bit of success because we've seen what he did at, at Mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs and he just came in right at the right time. And, I mean, we made the prelim prelim final three years in a row under his tenure in his first couple of years. So, and the top eight on that 2015. So, uh, yeah, good luck to match. But uh, I think we're, we're happy with King Wayne here at the Rabbitohs and the oh, session plan of Jason Dimitri. Thank you. 
Jason Dimitri. I was just going to say, I wish they had done it with the great man Wayne Bennett. Followed him around all year. What a what a show that would have been. Seeing some of the the ins and outs. I don't think he would have had it, but Wayne. No way. <laughs> would have been good, but would have been must see TV. Let's move on to Spotlight on the Pathways. Brought to you by What If. It's Aussie for travel. And the devastating news came through this week. It was suspect. It was suspected. We knew it was going to happen. Suspected. Yeah. We knew it was going to happen. That the New South Wales Rugby League made the decision to cancel all the junior competitions. And it's devastating. We just said about it before. Two seasons nearly have all gone. And we're friends with Luke Della, who works for the Rabbitohs. And he posted an image of walking out of the... He said, the curtains are drawn and that's it for another year. And it's really sad for a lot of those people that work all around that because it's not just the players and the young blokes missing out. It's all the coaches and the staffs and the families who invest so much in this game, the women that have missed out. The women's team, they've lost a season too. And they were on a they were on the improve, weren't they, chaps? Yeah, they were. They were on the improve. And they got all their games in, maybe. They didn't quite qualify for the semis. Oh, there you um, go. Sorry. <laughs> but they didn't have to finish it off, mate. But... I mean, the, the Women's um, Rugby League, the National Women's Rugby League competition kicks off in a few weeks. So I'm not sure if they're going to have any um, troubles getting it off, off the ground. I haven't heard anything about them being delayed possibly, but mm. but it could be on the cards because a lot of those teams are in New South Wales at the moment. Whether or not they can afford to relocate them all up to Queensland, that would be quite an expense. I know the Warriors were relocated last year, but they had to just scrap a team together. They didn't actually get the players they had. And this year they've forfeited their right to play in the competition because of that. So, yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for all those young young budding football players who are going to miss out on their development um, this year and a fair bit last year. And like I said earlier, mate, Phil Good's going to try and knock up something there with some of those junior competitions and just get some game time browning, which is, which is important, mate. Well, it is, especially at their age. They're developing and, you know, they just love playing footy and uh, they want to learn. And, um, you know, by sitting on the sideline and, uh, you know, with the the way lockdown is, you, you can't do much on on the oval, uh, you know, with, with the team environment. So, you know, they're missing out on, on a lot of skill level um, and their development. So, you know, it's very important that that competition gets up and running uh, throughout the summer. Yeah, well, not only that, the guy, there's probably, you know, a dozen guys in each team that are not playing each week. And then, unless there's injuries or selection dilemmas in the 16 teams, they might not play at all for the rest of the year. Um, look, training's fantastic and you, you stay on top of it, but the game time simulation and playing um, under pressure and, and heavy contact, and that's where you learn. Yeah. That's where you learn everything about. And, and also, that the coaching staff get to learn a little bit more about a player under pressure. Mm. You know, people yeah. can train the house down, but they come out in the field and it doesn't seem to translate. Well, yeah, you know, so it's tough for coaches at the moment. And it's not just—it's the same for every club, but it's not just, like I said, the Jersey flag and all the youngsters and and those pathways players. It's also the blokes like Taffy and Peter Mamazellis that are got to just sit on the sideline. They can't play in the Reggies and get some game time and be ready to plug and play. So it's affecting a lot of people, unfortunately. So. We'll, we'll skip straight into remembering a rabbit eye. But, Brownie, if you want to do our mid-roll for our sponsors, you know who they are. Give us a little rundown on our three valuable sponsors. Okay, we've got the juniors group of clubs. Unfortunately, the juniors are closed at the moment. Uh, they've got a group of clubs at the juniors Malabar, juniors at the Junction, 
at the Hawkesbury and Kingsford. Kingsford. <laughs> it's actually Jun- Junior's Maruba now, yeah, not the Junior's. Yeah, well, oh, the Junior's Maruba, yeah. So, unfortunately, um, you know, they're all closed at the moment, but uh, hopefully they'll be up and running very shortly when we get under control with this uh, these lockdowns. And uh, another sponsor, NG Farrell Real Estate and Export Freight Systems. Uh, make sure you um, get on board uh, with Ian McLucas there and also NG Farrell Real Estate, who we spoke about the other day and is actually selling the great man Adam Reynolds's home. So... Yep, yep. You, can, you can buy Reynolds' home. It'd be like buying Elvis. It'd be like buying Graceland for a race, for a rabbit. <laughs> <race. laughs> so, yeah, you might leave some uh, signed posters behind for you. You never know. Or some yeah. memorabilia. You get the kids to draw on the walls. Reynolds' kids' artwork. Just a shout out to to Martin Farrow, who who was um, he got the award for the best agent for NG Farrow Real Estate, an experienced agent who's who is actually a partner in the business. He's been selling real estate for over thirty years. Martin's actually Glenn Farrow's brother mm. and one of the sons of uh, of the founder of NG Farrow Real Estate. And um, yeah, he's a great agent. Just got a great rapport with all his buyers and, and all his uh, vendors. And if you're thinking of selling, Give Martin Farrow a call. And that's David Lee who's selling that house. If you are really and genuinely interested, David Lee will, will share the, his details on our episode webpage. Let's move on to remembering a Rabbitoh with thanks to South Club historian Brad Ryder, who coincidentally shares the same birthday as our Remembering a Rabbitoh this week, chaps. Yeah, that's correct, mate. Daryl Trindle, nickname Tricky. And tricky for uh, how skillful he was and and he never knew what he was going to do, but he's Rabbitoh player number 782, born on the 16th of February, 1972. And obviously, shares the same birthday as, as our good mate there, Bradley Ryder, who we thank Bradford. for all his contribution every week. He sends Bradford. in a lot of... Bradford, yeah, he sends a lot of information in um, to us, and, and we thank you for that, Brad. Now, Trickster, his junior club was St. Peter's. It was sort of a Newtown district club back then until South sort of took it over um, later on. He also played for La Perouse, Panthers, Zetland, and Alexandria Rovers, boys. So he was a he was a bit of a star in the juniors there. And he, he, in 1986, Trick got picked for the Harold Matthews Rabbitohs team. And that was while – and also, while he was the same year he was playing for Cleveland Street High, he was selected in the Australian Schoolboys Merit Team. Remember those under-15 teams they used to select and the Merit Team, obviously, you don't actually play. So yeah, I do remember that. He recognised as you know, one of the best players in the country at that age. So I do Because I was actually selected in that too. So oh, no, sorry. Yeah. sorry to bring it back to me. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And- I think I, you know what? I expected you to bring it back to you, mate, and you've, you know what? You haven't disappointed, mate. Well, that was relevant because I did read that in his stats and yeah, that under-15 merit team, I'm very proud of that, that I got an Australian jersey for that. And there was another guy, I think Danny Krankovich, that played for the Eels, was in that side, and uh, Steve Edmed. So there was quite a few of us in. We smashed them, the, our, our New South Wales team. We hammered the Queenslanders and the New South Wales Catholic team. We were in New South Wales CHS. So anyway, move on. <laughs> so did you get the gear, Mavo? Yeah, just... yeah, just the jersey. Yeah. Uh, you're just the jersey, and uh, I, I think I've lost it now. So unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite devastating, but anyway, I can still yeah. tell the story here. 
on Rabbitohs Radio. <laughs> I think you'll have to have cash inverters, mate. But anyway, Tricky, he went to high school at Roundwick Boys in year 11 and 12. And Trickster was only 172 centimetres tall and 71 kilos when he debuted round one in 1990 in a 14-10 loss to the Bulldogs. And he was wearing jumper number 20 that day, that day, boys. And a bloke on the bench with him, warm on the bench, was Steve Maven. You yeah. remember that day, Maven? Not really, I don't. But um, <laughs> in 90, uh, it's 1990, wasn't it? So it's a, it's a year that I've tried to forget. We didn't win that many and we didn't win that one. And... Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the, a lot of those losses that year were by less than like eight or ten points, or you know, yeah. like, it was only a try or two in it. Yeah, I've spoke about it before in the podcast. Um, uh, the bounce of the ball just didn't go our way. I mean, the year before in '89 we won a premiers, but there's a hell of a lot of games in the rain as well. Mm. We're going to be um, mm. mudlarkers, maybe. I don't know. We were yeah. pretty good in the mud in '89, but it, maybe, it remember- in, maybe it didn't rain in 1990. Nah. Well, I do remember Tricky, though, because he obviously came in, a young bloke come into the squad, and he was a, a dynamic runner of the footy. We all saw what he went on to do. So I played with him in his first game. I think he played 177 first grade, so great player. And then I think we've got a stat here, chaps, that about his second game. His, his second game, Brownie was in the side as well. Him and Brownie came off the bench, and it was against the Steelers. Tricky scored, and Brownie scored as well. So do you remember that one, Brownie? Well, similar to you, Mavo. I don't remember too many games, but um, yeah, look, uh, but just on Tricky, uh, I wouldn't put past me that, that he scored that day. And he just, he was just a freakish player who played with that much energy. Um, it was unbelievable the way he played break, the game. We're just going to break him. We've got Julie coming in now. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Julie. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Do you want me on? Do you want video yeah, yeah. on? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Sorry, I'm a bit late. That's all good. <laughs> all good. All good. Um, now, now, thanks for joining us here on, on Rabbit Radio Podcast. Julie, oh, I'm women, very honoured. Women in league round. So we, we thought we'd get um, one of the great mums from South Sydney. Yeah, there, there are many great rum, uh, mums from uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs, but, geez, when you've had uh, four boys play for the club, it's pretty hard not to, not to give you a ring, Julie. Now, um, we might get into a couple of questions if that's all right. Yeah, that's sure. But yeah, big shout out to all the mums because they're all amazing. And you know, all of our, all of the mums and all of the wives and all of the kids. Yeah, they're a great um great ambassadors for our club, all the women involved at the Rabbitohs. They, they are indeed now. Yeah, where are you from and what was it like growing up there, Joel? From Yorkshire. From Yorkshire. West Yorkshire. Yeah. Pontefract is my hometown. And what was it like um growing up um up there in Yorkshire? Yeah, it was great. Uh, from about the age of five years old, my dad used to take me to Featherstone Rovers, which was like the local uh, rugby league team. And I like, I always had an interest in rugby from my dad taking me to games and being super young. So yeah, it's always been um, something that I've loved. And um, yeah, rugby league is huge in the north of England. So like, that's the only thing you do on a weekend is go and watch the game. And, you know, it's a bit like in Australia, really, I guess. I guess it's a similar sort of upbringing. Yeah, pretty tough. Pretty, um, you know, pretty cold up there, but you know, it makes you, uh, makes you strong. And how old were you when you first had a crack at rugby league? Because I believe you played rugby league. Yeah, do you know what? It was never, um, it was never an intention to do that. It was just happened by chance because, as you, I'm a teacher, and um, I was teaching in a school in Leeds, and um, 
a lot of the girls were pretty keen to set up a girls rugby team and they kept coming to me saying miss come on we want because i taught some p then can we get a girls rugby league team so i thought oh better get on a coaching course and learn how to do this i love the game but i didn't know i didn't know the rules or i didn't know how to you know i wouldn't have known how to coach it so i went on a coaching course and when i went on this coaching course um uh, the, yeah i'm trying to remember his name ward is his dad his dad played for um is it was a big big player in in the uk um, kevin ward pardon kevin not kevin ward it was uh hang on oh my god which ward is it nobody played for leeds anyway it, it was a big 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 name in the day and he was the coach running this course and um after i'd passed my coaching course qualification he said you should play yourself and you know you should have a go so I went and joined a local team and like literally from the first training session that I went, I didn't miss a game for 10 years. I played full on for 10 years then. Yeah. Unreal. Well, you were a goal kicker too, Julie. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that one. Sam would take the mickey out of me. No, not very good. Not very good at the goal kicking. <laughs> and you mentioned Sam there. So I think, and you know, you sadly lost your, your husband, Mark, but back in the day, I think Mark was coaching Sam and Sam said once that, Mark was his coach and he would talk to him after the game about his performance, but you were quite vocal on the sidelines, cheering and whatnot. Yeah, look, I was always determined never to, I always wanted to be involved with four boys and they're all playing rugby at the same local club, Dewsbury Moor. Um, I was always really involved, whether it was um, not so much coaching because I did that at my own school, but um whether I was like running on with the sponge, you know, the, the wet sponge physio, that was the physio <laughs> role that in the day. Um, Magic sponge. Or whether, it, or whether it was like, refer, I got, I did a bit of refereeing, got abused like crazy doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was always somewhere around about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I was always, uh, Matt was coaching and he did a great job and the boys loved it. Um, but with having four boys, they're all playing at different times. So I was always somewhere on a weekend with either the twins or Luke or Sam or whatever. A lot, of the, a lot of the mums watching this can relate to that. And we've seen you at the footy even now. You still like to cheer. And I love cheering for my kids. So there's nothing wrong yeah. with screaming out in support. At Never the... changes, does it? And I guess like the next generation for the grandkids. So, yeah, you know, it's just it's in your blood, isn't it? You can't help it. You love it. Love the game. Um, yeah. And it's, it's been good to us, the game. Yeah, Julie um, mentioned being good to you. Uh, Sam was the first one to make the move. To Australia that must yeah. have been exciting times for you and the, for, and the other boys well no it was a heartbreaker at the time it was like <laughs> Darren I was like cried for three days George locked himself in his bedroom for three days and we were all like devastated that it was leaving <laughs> we couldn't believe it <laughs> so at the time it was a bit of um yeah you know we we didn't really want to lose him but um you know in the end look how well it all worked out for us all really but I never thought that we'd all end up out here yeah. Were the boys always talented players, um, even from a young age, or do they sort of develop as they got older? Yeah, I'd say that Sam was always like the one that stood out as a junior player. As a young one, he was always like um, super determined. And the other boys just worked really hard. And I think they were sort of inspired by Sam and the success that he had. Yeah, so I think he was like the trailblazer. Yeah. And we can we'll just fast forward to 2014. What a year that was. And... The first one we'll mention is that was the year I think that all four boys played yes. in a historic game and the smile on your face. I know. And get, people get goosebumps just thinking about it because that uh, was an amazing moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a dream come true. It's like all your dreams come true at once. Like how amazing to have four sons who were actually made it as professional sports people in the sport that they love, but then to all be fit 
enough and selected on the same day to play for an amazing team. You know, a lot of things have to fall into place for that to happen, don't they? A lot of things have to have to go your way. So I just felt that we were very, very fortunate. And um, yeah, it was a really, really special moment. And thank God we got that like footage of it all because that was a memory that I never want to lose. That's that's that was a special day. Yeah. It was and, and it didn't start well, Julie, with uh, <laughs> Sam obviously. Yeah. Uh, so I got sent off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Always a drama. Always a drama with us. <laughs> But that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, you got to, um, yeah, yeah. You just got to take the rough with the smooth. That's what I've learned being involved in the game. There's the highs and the lows, and the the rough and the smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then later on, in, later on in the season, the grand final, there was a bit of rough and smooth in that game. And just so I can take you through it, I was at the game, and we we're all there, and yeah. I didn't realize anything had happened until I saw you on the big screen. Looking, <laughs> looking oh, sorry very about that. And, I turned, <laughs> and my wife's name Sam as well. I turned to Sam and said. Something's not right here. Julie doesn't look happy. Something's happened. And yeah. so, but yeah, take us through the emotions of that day for you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Although it was just like the worst moment possible, like from kickoff. Yeah. And like, we love James Graham, but on that day, you know, we're going to hate him because he's the opposition, isn't he? And then, <laughs> yeah, just seeing what happened. Um, yeah. Seeing what happened to him like at the very start of the game was, I just knew it was a really serious injury and I knew all the history and, you know, the John Sattler story. And I could just feel that history was going to be relived. All I could feel it. I could feel that this was going to be our story. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was hard to see a kid with his face like broken, but knowing that he'd got that far, you know, because he was leaving South at the end of that season. So it, that was everything he wanted was to win a premiership for South Sydney. So, yeah, he was not going to get off the field. So I knew that. Did you, much. Have, did you have mixed emotions, Edge, or do you want to? Did you want him to come off? Yeah, you know? yeah. Or, or were you thinking, no, he'll be well, right. You know, he's a big boy now. He, he, um, yeah. At that point, he makes his own choices and make his own decisions. Yeah, it was just. I, I obviously didn't know how serious it was. Looking back, it was probably. Um, yeah, and it was his decision. He, you know, he he, he got through it, and um, yeah. yeah, what a great result. Hey, it was yeah, an amazing day. Day we'll never forget. And then seeing him after the game in, 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 in tears of jubilation on the field, that's a moment that yeah. us South fans will never, ever forget. Never forget. I know. I, like those photos of him on one knee crying get me every time I see them. I could cry every time I see those photos, yeah. The yep. George's famous try. I mean, that, that'll going down in <laughs> grand final folklore. What a day. I wish we could relive that day. That would be a good one. But just take out the cheap injury. Yeah, that would be good. Mm. The reason why I asked you, did you want him to come off? Because I've, I've got a memory of Benny Elias's mum jumping the field when he, he split his head open. I think it was in the late 80s and his mum jumped I've heard this story, and... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She came to his rescue and give him a big yeah. hug and she had blood all over him. It was, yeah, it was a strange Yeah, one. God, yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a brutal game, isn't it? And that's what you got to, you know, you got to be able to deal with that because it is a pretty brutal game. All the mums that, you know, have watched their kids go out there will know how it feels. It's pretty scary sometimes when you feel especially when you sit close to the great ground and you can feel the impact of those hits and mm. yeah it's pretty brutal and they're not small boys either <laughs> no, no they're not but you know that yeah they seem to be getting bigger and bigger as well mm. well talking to big lads so we mentioned <laughs> we mentioned george we didn't mention tom who actually played in that game as well I know. He's a hero and him and george actually ran for a record amount of meters 
So yeah, Tom's actually we spoke to him on the show too. He's a he's a good lad. We, he's done us a favour. He always talks to us, and yeah. he is playing some of his best footy this year. I think you might oh, agree. Wow. And the, and the team's going okay as well. Yeah, what a good game today. I enjoyed the first half anyway today. But um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what Tom's like? He just quietly gets on with it. He's such a kind-hearted, lovely boy, Tom. I don't know if you know how gorgeous he is. He's just like so kind-hearted, an absolute devoted father to his two girls and and to Talia. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a beautiful wedding at the end of the year for them. Um, yeah, but Thomas is getting all the rewards now. I think he's just been a He's just got on, get kept going. He was the last to come, and he, um, yeah, I think probably is reaping the rewards of that now with his body. His body probably didn't get as much um, as much damage to it, um, you know, at the start of his career that maybe Sam and Luke and George maybe got. And I asked, uh, I spoke to him during the week, Tom, on, on the one of the Zoom press conferences from up there in the Goldie, and I asked him, have you ever played against George? And I sort of knew the answer, but he said, no, they never have played against each other. So no, I'm no. sure, I know you got the Charity Shield. Are you going to be heading up the Charity Shield this year if George is fit? And- I've already booked. We've already, oh, booked, already booked that booked? place. Yeah, yeah. We've already place, booked yeah. our accommodation with a beautiful um beautiful I hope you booked through um, What If? It's Aussie for Travel, one of our sponsors, one of our great sponsors for the <laughs> podcast network. Sorry, say that again. I missed that. So I hope you booked through uh, What If? It's what if? Yeah, what if? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but chaps, you might have missed this. We had breakfast with Julie and Tom and Gaz at, at Mudgee, and she told us about this beautiful B&B that she found and the lovely host. And it's yeah. Mudgee is just a magic place, isn't it? Amazing. We had the best time. And just like, because even when we're leaving, we said, right, can we book for next year? Because um, we had a great time. Yeah, I'd encourage everybody to get to Mudgee next year if um, if we're all on and, you know, if the situation works out for us all. Yeah, fingers crossed, hey? Yeah, no, definitely. Beautiful, what, beautiful what properties out there, isn't there? Some beautiful little properties. And the weather was fantastic there, Brownie, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it certainly was. And we loved it. We've been for the last couple of years and, and we'll be there again again yeah. this year. And Some pretty nice uh, wineries out there too, aren't there? Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> that's it. And speaking of George, um, he's came home uh, from the UK, spent a, you know, a bit of time over there. It must have been exciting uh, for yourself to see George come home with the family. Yeah, it was amazing. It was it wasn't without drama though. Like I said earlier, there's always a drama. So they, when they got to the airport in Manchester, ready to fly home after having a difficult few weeks before they left because they left their home and they were sort of, you know, moving from friend to friend's place with three little children. It had been hard, so they were all ready to get on that flight. And when they got to the airport, um, little Boston didn't have because apparently he was going to be four when he landed in Singapore. He needed some testing that he hadn't had done so they wouldn't let him get on the plane so oh, they separated the family so that was pretty traumatic um that was heartbreaking actually you know mm. yeah anyway they've done it they're back and they've done their quarantine separately which you know is it was pretty mean feat george had little boston and joe had the two girls but yeah they're back and um yeah just so good now to have them back i can't tell you it's been almost two years that i hadn't seen george and that's just way too long. I just like, yeah. he's my baby. He's my, he's my little baby, George. <laughs> he's right. my little one. And they're, and they're back in Sydney kilos moment. of him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a little boy, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> but, um, my youngest. And, and they're back in Sydney, Julie, is that right? You were saying they're back well, in they Sydney. Well, they moved to Wollongong. The yeah, they're down in Wollongong now. They're um, yeah. Obviously, George is, you know, being given this opportunity to, um, to start his career again, really, if we can get himself to fitness it'll be an amazing thing and I'm so proud of him for you know having that that resilience and that sort of determination that he still doesn't doesn't want to give it up so 
yeah. bit strange seeing big Georgie at the Dragons and Renault at the Broncos. It's it'll be quite strange next year, but no. we'll, we'll cope. I know, like watching Renault today, it's like, how are we going to play without him next year? I can't bear it. Yeah. yeah and there's people uh, going, yeah, it's going to be different, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like that's, it is. that's life, isn't it? Changing, moving on. Yeah. It's a shame. I was talking to a friend of mine today. Um, it's a shame that we're not going to be able to have him at a home game in Sydney to send him off with, you know, a big crowd oh, and all that sort of stuff. Oh. We've been robbed of that opportunity for a home game, but... I think when he comes in to Sydney next year and plays for the Broncos, I'm sure South, the club will put on something special for him, a little presentation yeah. for him or something. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, if anybody deserves it, it's Renault, isn't it? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. We just want to mention, uh, Julie, we saw a photo of you at the Eels game with, I think, your mum, Val. And yeah. You, you, Tom, and your granddaughter, Grace. So there's four generations at the game. Yeah. It was a good family day out. Yeah, how good, hey? Yeah, my mum's like... A, like such a big fan of the boys you know she's so proud of her grandsons and she'd watch every game I'd managed to get her to see the game today on um on Foxtel because she, yeah she didn't have it and um yeah yeah it's amazing isn't it amazing for for her that she can watch her grandsons and she's got great yeah. grandchildren now yeah it goes that yeah the women in the family backing up it goes back a long way yeah. well, it, it must be it must be the same for you Julie uh, to see the boys you know uh, themselves now being great parents to, to your grandchildren. Yeah, oh, do you know what? Um, whatever the whatever would happen, I'm always proud of them. Whatever the, you know, whether they played professional sport or not. Yeah, you know, life throws its challenges at all of us, and you know, you're just there as a mum to support them. And uh, I'm proud of every one of them. They're great dads, and they're um, they're great people. Yeah, they are. We and love Colin, them, you've boys. been you've been involved with the Rabbitohs for a long time, but as as a mother of the your boys there who play for the Rabbitohs, what, what do the South Sydney Rabbitohs mean to you, Julie? Oh, they're in my heart. You know, like everything. They've yeah, they've changed our lives. Being part of that club has changed our lives. And yeah, everybody that I've met in that club who's been a part of that club has been amazing. Everybody's been so kind. It's been like a family all the way through. And um, yeah, very very happy to be part of that team. And Russell had a bit to do with it at the start. We know this. It's been well documented the story how he. Got, yeah. got in Sam's ear and the next, and the rest was history. And he's done yeah. a lot with his club and, and now he's you're close to, the family's close to Russell. Yeah, he's so passionate about it, isn't he? And um, yeah, you can't, you can't help but be sort of spurred on with his passion when he talks about, he taught us the whole history of the club, told us the background and showed us the videos. And yeah, yeah, we're fully, we're fully invested in the South Singer Rabbitohs, totally, yeah. Yeah. And I think you're a te- you're a teacher now, and and, yeah. and I've heard you quoted as saying you love Sydney and you love your job. So yeah. you're, not going, you're not going anywhere anytime soon, by the sounds of it. I'm not going anywhere. No, in fact, I'm just in the middle of applying for my citizenship now. So yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So um, yeah, I love Sydney. I love my job. I am. Um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to get a um, yeah, a great opportunity to work at I work at Scots, which is a boys' school. They play rugby union, but you know, all the boys know that I'm rugby league fanatic and we have a lot of banter at school about the different teams that they all follow and yeah I love all the boys at Scots and uh, yeah I'm very fortunate very fortunate Sydney's been very good to us. Uh, Jolly while, while you spend a lot of time watching footy what, what do you like doing away from footy? <laughs> what do I do? You know I don't have much time other than work and that yeah um, 
uh, Gaz and I go for walks, you know, Gaz is a swimmer. He likes ocean swimming and he's trying to get me to teach me how to swim. I really want to be able to do a full ocean swim now and um, one day get out there, but um, I'm a long way off at the minute. But um, yeah, because in England, we don't really learn to swim properly. Like I might have done my little 25 meter breaststroke and that's about it so <laughs> yeah that's that's what I'd like to be spending more time doing um yeah. yeah getting out in the ocean and yeah you know being a real Aussie that's what I want to be oh, well, we are <laughs> an Aussie. you are an Aussie in our eyes Julian we've, yeah, we've got some of the most beautiful um ocean rock pool is in the, in the world here at Sydney we're lucky at Malabar, Coogee and Bronnie and Maroubra yeah, and how beautiful is, is this area I know, amazing and such clear water. Yeah, so, so amazing. So, yeah, very, very lucky. No, I'm definitely not going anywhere. Um, yeah, I love my life here and hope that my grandchildren will love their lives here. And yeah, hope that, um, yeah, hope that we've got lots more years of enjoyment of the sport um, to come. Well, the, the slogan for women in league round this, this year was uh, play your part. You certainly played your part <laughs> in uh, being a mum. Yeah, but it's, you know, you don't even feel like you're playing a part because you just love it, don't you? So you just you just do it for the love of it. Don't do it for any reward, just for the love of it and um, love of your kids. You just want to support your kids and that's all I've ever wanted to do. And, yeah, they're, um, yeah you get plenty back in return. If you if you give, you get lots back. Now you've awesome. been watching the Rabbitohs for, for a long time now and the 2021 team are breaking all sorts of records each week. Oh, um, what are your thoughts on this season and how far do you think we can go here? Oh, I, you know, I, I think we can, yeah, just, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just keeping everything crossed. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> loving what I'm seeing. I just love what I see. How good is Trail? How good is Latrell out there yeah. um, today? He just looked almost unstoppable, didn't he? Yeah, I just love it. I just love seeing the, those younger players coming through and stepping up now and, yeah, they just seem to have a great team spirit, don't they? They seem to have a really good bond, those boys. And, um, yeah, loving it. Loving what I'm seeing. So just let's just keep one week at a time. Let's just keep um, winning those games. Yeah, hopefully we'll get another grand final. Hey, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, outstanding. You almost had the same answers as um, Wayne Bennett's press conference the other day. We'll just take <laughs> one game at a time, Julie, one game at a time. So I think you've been well, well drilled there. by. by oh, the no. But you can't get ahead of yourself, can you? You just can't. No, you can't. You can't. If you do. We just enjoy each, each game as it comes. And, um, yeah, I certainly enjoyed today's game. That was good. That was good. Just miss being able to go to the games, you know, but yeah. that's, that's, that's the life we're living at the minute. Yeah. Oh, we'll be back. We'll be back next year. Yeah. Well, the good thing, the good thing for the boys, that they had a crowd up there today. So, uh, yeah, obviously, nice. being based in Queensland, uh, you know, fifty percent crowds now. So, um, that, that's a positive, and we've got a lot of Rabbitohs supporters up north of the border. So, yeah, that's good. And how good that they've all got their families up there too. So that's great, isn't it? You know, yeah. they've got the support of their families, and I'm sure all the wives are doing a great job supporting them. Um, so, yeah, so that's great. Well, Julie, thank you for giving us your time. Loved having a chat, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks yeah, for thanks us. so much. I could talk all night, couldn't I? Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was really lovely and really, um, really appreciate what you do with your Rabbitohs radio podcast. It's brilliant. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for everything you've done for the Rabbitohs and the boys. Thank bye. you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Uh, how good was that, boys? Uh, one of the real matriarchs of our club. Um, she's one of only two, two mothers in the history of this game. The other... The other mother was back in uh, 1910. She had the Norman brothers, the four brothers who played back then for an old defunct team called Annandale Boys. A little yep. bit of history. I didn't get to chuck it out there to Jules, but I'm sure she knew it. And uh, not only that, she she still got a, 
a boy at the club at the moment, Thomas, who, who and, and she she touched on it. He he is a beautiful man, mate. He's such a lovely guy. He's a great talker. He's he's a great dad, and uh, mate, we're lucky to have we're lucky to have had the Burgess brothers come to our club, boys. Aren't we? Well, I love that story about Sam and then how Russell went over to shoot the movie, and but the whole story of the family and Julie's lived a life. What about how she played league and how she's a teacher and she bought it, come out here, and they all cried when Sam came to them. One by one, they came out, and now look look where they are now. They all they're all Aussies. They love our country and. And we love the Burgesses here at Redfern and the rabbit at the Rabbitohs. Yeah, we certainly do for, for what they did for the club and what they are still doing uh, for the club. You know, Tom's obviously still playing and playing a big role, uh, you know, heading towards our 22nd Premiership and uh, women in Lee ground and no better mum than uh, Julie Burgess. Yep. And you've had a bit to do with the Burgess brothers, Brownie. You met Sam well before he signed up with us with um, the... Former Rabbitoh, Troy Slattery, mate. Yeah, well, Troy played a big part in, in getting Sam over to uh, Australia. Um, you know, it wasn't all, um, you know, it wasn't going to be the Rabbitohs that he was going to sign with. He was going to sign with another club uh, to start off with. But, uh, you know, Russell got involved, like we just spoke about, mm. and uh, he ended up at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. But, yeah, Troy Slattery, who's a good mate of this, you know, all of ours, um, played a big role in, in that um and getting Sam over. We're going to tell that story. We're going to indicate get him on. I was going to say okay. that. And he he showed Sam the ropes of Aussie young blokes going out and about in town. So what the, um, <laughs> I'd love to hear that story. So anyway, so thank you for that, Julie. And it came in when we were doing Halfway Through Tricky's Remembering a Rabbitoh. But I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can understand that Julie was caring for her mum. And that's all right. So we'll just pick it up where we left off. Where were we, where were we boys? At the trickster. Where were we? <laughs> Yeah, well, I've got to get back on my notes there, um, boys. But anyway, I'll get there. Well, I think um, yeah. I think I was talking about Tricky, just how, how much energy he played with and the freakish talent that, that he was. Yes, that's right. And we, you know, we um, we played in that game and it didn't surprise me that he scored in, in his second game and he went on to score many great tries and he was just one of them players that could play off the cuff a little bit like Chrissy Sandow, who we spoke about on the show only a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And Tricky was one of, you know, a type of player that could do that as well. Yep. Yeah, that's probably a good um, player comparison, mate. Um, and sort of one of the more modern day players. But yeah. Just speaking of that, I, I played, uh, Tricky had a brother called uh, Darren Trindle, mm. who was a little bit yeah. older than him. And I actually, played, I played with Darren. And, no, not Parrot. That's another no, A different one. Yeah, no, Darren Trindle, and he was similar to uh, young Tricky. He was an absolute freak of a talent, uh, could do anything on the football field, chip and chase, you know, regather and score under the post. Just one of them players that, you know, uh, could play off the cuff, and, and you might have played against him and, and with him, Mavo, as well. Yeah, well, I knew Darren, and believe it or not, he was tricky before Tricky was tricky. So that's right. that they called Tricky because of the way he played it. That was because his brother was called Tricky. Just yeah. to get the record straight there, and I'm sure uh, Daryl will confirm that. So yeah, shout out to Big Brother. But yeah, he, he was a good player back in the day, and yeah, he just for whatever reason, he, he didn't make it like his, his younger brother did. But yeah, it's a, it's a good story, the the tricky story at the Rabbitohs. It sure is, mate. Now his hero growing up was Phil Blake, the bloke you blokes played with, and and later on that season, which was the 1990 season, we we're talking about his rookie season. He 
he ended up getting to play in the same game as um, Blakey because he didn't play in that round one game, Blakey. He ended up being Tugger. Tugger was halfback. Tricky was 5'8". Blakey out in the centres. And we'll get touched up at Cogra Oval. And a young bloke called Darren Brown played that day as well. And now we'll get beat 46 points to six until um, Tricky had a hand in three late tries to put a bit of a respectability on the score. And we end up getting beat there, 46 points to 24. But also a bloke who made his debut that day was uh, a young Craig Field, who we haven't done a Remembering Rabbit on Craig yet, but we'll, we'll do one on him. And 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 those two boys starred in, in the 90s. We probably only had three half-decent seasons, 94, 98, and, and um, 99. And in 94, if you remember that pre-season cup we won against the Broncos, and the two blokes who had their fingerprints all over that trophy were, were Craig Field, and Daryl Trindle, and they're outstanding. And also Paul Miller. Mate. Paul Miller had a big season in um, 1994 as well. So Did we beat the Broncos uh, that game. You beat the Broncos that game. You, you you played off the bench, possibly Brownie in that no, game. No, no, I wasn't there then. I I'd, I'd, I'd left by then, but um, I remember the game. Mm. It was a low scoring game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Miller scored a try. Um, Shane Wilson. And the like. So I remember watching it um, last year, that game, the highlights of it. But yeah, and also I think the 98 99 season, um, Tricky really caught fire. It had been playing for South for nine years by, at that stage. And there's one particular game I remember at the SEG in 99. And Tricky was one of the hottest halves in the comp that year. And we ended up winning that game 25 24 off a left foot field goal from, from Tricky Trindle, right down the other end weekend. And that game was also. Um, famous from a little a little rap play between an 18 year old Craig Wing and Lee Hookie down that down that same end of the field he he ran up the sideline Craig Wing and scored but yeah Tricky was on fire there till he was suspended he was suspended for five or six games in '99 and we all know what happened there we never made the semis and they punted us out of the competition which sort of had Tricky still thought he had a fair bit of footy in him and, and he certainly did he jumped in with the Canterbury Bulldogs there in the year 2000 and 2001 and also partnered a young Brayton Astor in the halves there in um, 2001 and they won plenty of games. Don't worry about that when Tricky was over there before he he chuffed off to the UK Brownie at St Helens, had a little brief stint over there and came back and played for Newtown as well. Yeah, well, while he was over there playing at St Helens, I spent a bit of time with Tricky. I was over there myself playing uh, for the Salford City Reds and Tricky didn't really know, about it, know many people over there, so he spent a lot of time at my joint, uh, him and his wife, uh, Belinda, and uh, two boys, uh, Jordan and Jake. So, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, we had some good times over there, and it, he, fortunately he didn't last long over there. I think he only played a couple of games, then he came back and, and finished his career at Newtown. But what a great player he was. Top bloke as well. So you just mentioned... One of his sons there, Jordan, and I spoke to him during the week and he's trickster the barista. He's got his own podcast. We've been on it, Brownie, and he's also got his coffee van. So if you see him around, buy a coffee and listen to his show. He's a good young bloke and he talks about a lot of Indigenous issues. But he gave me a little quote. He said, my old man Tricky was my idol. Just seeing him playing at Erco Oval and Redfern Oval back in the day with all the South boys was just amazing. They all looked up to him. He was one of the leaders of the group in the 90s. And he says, one thing I do remember is that people would always come up to his dad for an autograph or a photo. And it would take him about, dad said, an hour to get from the food court of East Gardens to the other end because so many people would stop him. He said, but dad had time for everybody and everybody loved him. So, yeah, he was always generous with the fans, the trickster. Yeah, everyone loves yeah. 
you know, yeah. And wherever you've seen him, you always said hello. He always had a smile if you had a South gear on and that. And he, he stuck solid. He was loyal to the Rabbitohs there during those tough years. Um, one of the rare players that played, what, nine years straight during that period. And a lot of our loyal followers here on the Rabbitohs TV, uh, Brendan Taliski and Beck Erkin, Tricky Trindle, favourite player. One of their favourites. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, you know what? He wasn't the biggest guy, as we, we quoted his stats of 71 kilos. By the time he got to the back end of his career, he, he must have worked his butt off in the gym because he, he, he was pretty he was pretty bulked up there. He'd he done a lot of weights, I reckon. And he used to, what he, what he was um, remembered for, I reckon he broke a lot of tackles for a little bloke, you know? He busted through a lot of tackles. He, he poked out the other side a lot. He had a, a gra- crazy step on him. Mm. Like you could sort of um, wrong foot people at will. I guess you call it breaking ankles is what they call it over in the states. But and he had a kicking, and he also was a goal kicker, boys. So yeah, he, uh, he, he had some fair rugby league stats. Don't worry about that. He ended up playing 171 first grade games, boys. 150 for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs, and uh, yeah, he, he kicked. 73 goals at 61% um, success. And also he had 48 tries. So this bloke was a try scorer. Don't worry about that. He was a great player. Let's move on to the preview of the Penrith clash, the Panthers. It's a clash of the Titans, second versus third, 7.55 this Friday, the 20th of August. Now, the last time we played them, it was in round 12. It was a 56 to 12 hammering. It was embarrassing, boys. And we're going to look for revenge. We spoke to Wayne Bennett during the week and he said, we're going to get a lot back next week. AJ, Hame, Graham, Knight will all be available. So there'll be some selection dilemmas on Team List Tuesday this week, Bernie. Yeah, well, there certainly will be. And we've discussed it before on the show. It's a good thing. And that's what you want at the back end of the season is you want all your players uh, fit and ready to be selected. It's putting pressure on all the players, you know, from 1 to 17. So... Um, bit of a selection dilemma. I'd expect AJ will come straight back in on that left wing if he is fit. Mm. Uh, whether Mantor holds his spot on the other wing is, you know, we'll wait and see. And Campbell Graham will definitely came in, come in for uh, Tane Milne mm. in that centre spot. So uh, the other two, you know, uh, you know, does Liam Knight come straight back into the side? Probably not. I, I can't see him changing our forward pack or our bench. No, you can't see. The way that forward rotation is now, no one's losing their spot. I'm saying it right now. Yeah. How, who's making way? And I suppose Benji is the utility has to stay there. So even though Harme was playing some sensational football, was carving them up against the Cowboys, this is what happens sometimes. Injuries give someone else an opportunity. And chaps, what are your thoughts? Well, unless unless Wayne's thinking about freshening people up, but why would you freshen people up when you're playing uh, in a top four clash against a team like the Panthers? I reckon you put your strongest line up out there. You've got two games at the back end of the season. We played the Dragons in the last round. You could freshen a few players up then, which we've seen Melbourne do with great success the past couple of years, freshen up their players um, for those those really key games in the semi-final. We haven't had the luxury of doing that the past two seasons. We didn't finish in the top four last year, if you remember. We just got there because we got on a real hot streak at that back end. And we're in a different position this year, boys. We've got a bloke at the back that we didn't have those final six or seven games last year. Latrell Mitchell, he is an absolute animal. I'm telling you now, he's the most aggressive fullback I've ever seen play the game, whether you've got the ball or not. He is frightening. That 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 try-saving tackle today on Dave Fafuda, is there anyone in the game that could 
could to make that tackle coming yeah. that hard and force the ball out. No yeah, one, you know. Yeah, he absolutely put his body on the line, didn't he, chaps? So they, they went upstairs and had a look at it to uh, to see whether he put the knees in the back, but there, there was no uh, malice in it. Um, he, his knee hit the ground first. And, you know, it was play on. But like you said, mate, he's in devastating form. He's just an absolute beast when he runs the ball. And uh, when he's in this mode, you know, look out. Yeah, well, did, I don't know if you've watched the clash the other day with the Dragons. The Dragons the Dragons played some pretty good footy, and they've got a lot of blokes out at the moment. And I think their left-edge defence has got a couple of problems there, the Panthers, whether or not they make a few changes there. But the Dragons went around them a couple of times and even bombed a couple of tries on their right edge. So, I don't know, maybe if you wanted to have a look at a bet there, you might have Jackson Paul out of score a couple of tries on that right edge, boys. Well, it's a big clash. It's a big clash. will be looking at it. It's a big so, yeah. it's, it's like we won 10 in a row, but this is going to test us to see where we're at because oh, yeah. the last team to beat us was in round 12 was them and they thrashed us. Different story now. We're playing a lot better now, I believe. And it's going to be a top two. So whoever gets this will may well finish in the top two, which is... I don't know if that's going to be a great advantage anyway. The no, way. there's no, there's no advantage. There's no there's advantage. No, second or third, there's no advantage. There's you no home. Fourth. You don't want to finish fourth. That's all you don't want to finish. And we're that far ahead. I don't think we can finish we fourth. But just we've got eight games clear. But eight points. Nice to say we finished in the top two. And if, if the storm stumble on the way on the run in, we could even be minor premiers yet. So yeah, well there you go. That, heads up. Heads up. Well, they, they didn't. They didn't. They looked a bit shaky um, this round as well. They, they were challenged there a bit by Canberra who. We were just ill-disciplined, to be honest. Discipline cost the Raiders. Mm. So if you want to draw a form line between the Rabbitohs, the, the Panthers, and the Storm, I, I think we got them at the moment. But but what we haven't done this year, we haven't beaten the Storm or the Panthers, and we get a big opportunity next week. And I think it, it all comes down to the middles. Is If you go back and look at that game, their middles completely blew our middles off the park, which created all that space. And it was just, a, it was just Nathan Cleary, and Jerome Luai just just cut us the ribbons from there on in and and, and, and put put a, put a big score on us, which we didn't expect. No one expected it. And no. what we haven't done, chaps, uh, against them two big sides is get in the arm wrestle early on. And that's something that we've been working on over the last couple of weeks. We've been getting in the arm wrestle. Uh, we've been going set for set, you know, with, with the uh, with the opposition, and it's just been uh, really good to watch. It's really semi-final type uh, footy that we're playing at the moment. and uh, We've just got to continue that form on uh, for the next couple of weeks. We'll wrap it up, boys. Good show. Make sure you subscribe to Rabbitohs TV. There'll be a button on the screen. Chaps, you might have something else. And make, to- sure you, and make sure you have a listen to the other podcasts. We've also got the, the Zoom press conference with the players and Wayne Bennett's uh, press conference every week. We've also got the other show, the top four, and they do a great job, the boys. They're a really good laugh. I had a good laugh of about them boys today. They had JD on this week and chatting a bit about his career and, and and expectations for next year. And he wouldn't he wouldn't buy into anything about next year. He wants to get the job done this year as an assistant coach, do the best possible job he can and start looking at next year uh, when it comes around. So uh, definitely a, a good listen. Jump on and have a listen to that. Um, Jez and, Jez and uh, Elo and, and Shannon, they're into each other nonstop. They are. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they give it to each other week in, week out. <laughs> Fill out a post, and, and it's a great listen, guys. Jump on and have yeah. a listen to our future coach, JD. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, 
official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.